Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint for a while. I've kind of had the countdown going on Twitter periodically for really for months now. It's SFB Day. <laughs> Giant, man. And we have a, the best guest you can have on SFB Day. And I am in awe of this whole thing. So let's just jump right to it. Yep. As, as always, this has kind of become a tradition. Uh, we've got Scott Fish. Uh, it is the kickoff of the Scott Fish Bowl, and I, I think this is the biggest SFB ever in terms of number of players. Scott, is that right? It is. It's nine hundred. You're right. It is a tradition. This is three years in a row that with the morning of the Fish Bowl, we've uh, started out the day with Dynasty Blueprint. I like it. We're honored. We like it too. Yeah, we're we're definitely honored. We know how busy you are. And in the past couple of years, that's been focused on the SFB and all the work that goes into that. But this year, that busyness level has really ramped up. You're now at Fanball full-time. Uh, you've got a couple of podcasts that that I get to chat with you on, Bull Rush and, and Commission Possible. You're starting, um, I think, I, I guess last weekend, right? You started yep. a brand Saturday new- morning. A brand new radio show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. That's that's pretty awesome. That's going to focus on best ball leagues. Is that right? Yep, yep. We fo- because I run MFL tens. We focus on uh, we focus on best ball kind of strategy. Talk to guests, bring in callers. It's it's eight to ten Eastern on Sirius XM, which is which is pretty awesome. I think it's yeah. Sirius two ten. Yeah, that's that's very awesome. Um, Congrats I, on that. That is awesome. Thanks. That, that, yeah. That's very cool for sure. And, uh, and then not only do you run the SFB and, and the 900 teams that are in there, but as you mentioned, you run safe leagues and the MFL tens, and then you, you've got fantasy cares, which feels like a side project, but it's a $20,000 side project. It's, <laughs> these are all big deals. We're, we're all wondering how you have time for all of these things. I don't know how you do, we do have it. time left for the show at this point. <laughs> We don't. Once we, we name we name your resume, and and that's that's the end of the episode. I mean, you throw in things like, "Oh, he runs MFL tens," you know, like that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does take a good amount of time, and I, I'm loving the response this year. Yeah, any any of those, or, or yeah, any of those would be certainly um, commendable on their own, but to to package them all together is just unbelievable. We. <laughs> We're definitely in all of you, Scott. But we're we're going to talk SFB today. Of course, that's going to be our main topic. Um, this is this is one of our few times a year we go away from strictly dynasty talk just a little bit uh, because there are so many folks, uh, myself and Scott, of course, included that that do play in the SFB. It, it combines industry people and. Just, just Scott, what you call fans, I guess, just the everyday fantasy player. And that's, that's really the greatest part about SFB, I think. It's really not even fair to say fans anymore, right? right. I mean, they're, they're fans of these analysts, but I mean, with how quickly you can get news and, and listening to your podcasts right? and, and lots of podcasts out there, it's, people aren't even like, everyone's good now. It's not even, there's no delineation really. Everybody's just good. Yeah, totally. I, I I think you share this this opinion with me, Scott. But just because we're on podcast or we write articles, I don't consider myself any any better of a fantasy player than anybody else. So, uh, well, you should because you're very very good. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. The the fan <laughs> the fan term is just a label, but 
I would assume in the years of SFB, there's been more fans to win than analysts. Is that is that right? Ooh, that's you bring it. You bring in the heat with these questions. <laughs> I, I I I can look it up very quickly though. So we got one, two, three, four, five, five analysts and three fans. It looks okay. Like. Two right. fans, pretty close. So it's 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 five to two, but uh, yeah. But yeah, there's also more analysts. Of, in yeah. the League of 12, there's usually like, what, a 9-3 to three split, something like that? Yep, yep. So I, I think by ratio, I would say they're they're winning an even amount, you know? Yeah. yeah. Quick question so, for you guys, you know, and this kind of goes to that the fans aren't fans anymore, that even if they don't put in the time, they can find the information like this. I'm just curious. I mean, they asked ask this to you, Ryan, for a long time, but Scott, do you remember the days, did you play fantasy football when my commissioner was one of our best buds, would get a USA Today on Monday, write down all the stats, and then get another one Tuesday after Monday Night Football, write up how we did that week, stick it in the mail to us, we'd get it Thursday to figure out if we won that week or not, and then would call them as soon as we got those for free agents. Did you guys get to that point? Uh, I'll, I'll start Ryan. I, yes and no, the, the mailing and the call, the mailing, no, the calling. Yes. I started playing dynasty in 1992. Okay. So, uh, I did live through that age. Uh, I did not use the USA today. We used, uh, the, the local newspaper, uh, but we did the newspaper. We used to watch games and just wait for that do, 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 pop up and just get excited when, cause that's the only time you got updates. Eye. Yeah. yeah right. the, yeah, so no, I did live through those. I I do miss those. I there, there's a little bit of nostalgia, but I think if that came back today for even one weekend, I'd just be just mad all day because I don't have constant access. Yeah, and I don't even know if our commission got the numbers right. I mean, it's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. The commission always went undefeated. I don't get right. it. Right, he keeps winning. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't play. I didn't live through that era. I did live through that era, but I didn't play through that era. I'm probably about, uh, 10 years or so behind Scott as far as even just playing fantasy football. But, um, yeah, you hear so much about the growth of the fantasy industry and the number of people playing fantasy football. And that's obviously one of the huge reasons, Scott, if, if that system did come back for a weekend or for a month, we would just lose fantasy players by the hundreds, right? Oh, by the thousands. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, just, yeah, nobody yeah, could we, take it. Right. Right. So we're, we're definitely spoiled now with our access to information and uh, some of the things that are available to us in different leagues. And, and we're like, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit towards the end of the show. Uh, Scott, my, my point be, I'm sorry, Ryan, but my, yeah. my point being was back then us guys that knew what we were talking about had a big advantage, but no, oh, huge. So yeah. Anymore. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was a huge advantage. Even in the the mid two thousands, if you were playing in PPR leagues or like you were researching for it, uh, or IDP leagues, you had a giant, giant advantage. Uh, even you know, ten, twelve years ago. Yeah, it's it's just all changed. Then your buddy that sat there with the magazine and exactly ten of the guys were hurt and he didn't know it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> ten guys. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, Scott, we, we might have a few listeners potentially who are not familiar with the Scott Fishbowl. So just talk to us a little bit about the league format. When you say you have a, a league with 900 people, obviously that gets some attention and the 
I would think the biggest question in general would be how. So just talk to us about the format of the league, some of the general details as far as the construction of that. Yeah, so so the league basically runs as this year, uh, runs as 75 12-man divisions. And then after 12 weeks, uh, we all go to playoffs, which is within conference. Uh, the you know top half of the conference makes the playoffs. And each week uh, of the playoffs – people are cut like half the half the teams are cut one week, half the teams the next week. And then the final week you're basically cut to one and go to a, an overall SFB championship. Um, so it, basically it's, you know, 75, 12 man leagues and then a, a combined playoffs. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how the SFB is, has grown over the years. We said this was the biggest year with 900 people. And I know you still turned probably hundreds of people away, unfortunately. And <laughs> I, I, I know you hate to do that, but I um, you, you can't get everybody in there. Can, can I be honest? I, I long for the days it was hundreds. We had 6,500 people sign up so far this year for those 900 spots. So it's, it's in the, you know, multiple multiples of thousands that I have to turn away for this thing. It, it's not too bad anymore though. I, I think people are starting to realize that it's a tough thing to get in. So they, they don't hold me personally responsible anymore. Like they, they used to. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's at one point it was 60 teams, just 60 teams. And, and then one year did that feel like a big league. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, this is before, this is what, eight years ago before, you know, the, the, you can find 96 team and 48 team leagues out there, you know, not too, it's not too difficult to find them nowadays, but back then that was a giant league. Uh, and honestly, the year it was 96 teams, we had some people no show, like we had, we had trouble keeping it full and I don't know, it just, it just exploded. And, and I love every bit of it because what SFB stands for is the kind of thing that should explode and, and should, you know, get people's attention because, it stands for charity. It stands for community. It stands for getting to know people you don't know. And, and I, I think that's, what's helped it grow. Yeah. Every year I, I look at my division, these, these 11 folks I'll be competing with. And I guess my, my initial thought is, Oh, I don't really, I don't really know many of these people or I don't know all these people. And, and at first I think of that as a negative thing, but then we get some Twitter conversation going. We talk, we have a back and forth about our draft. And then by the end, I, I do feel like I know these people and, and it obviously does end up being a positive thing. Yeah. And, and what happens more often than not is that person that you didn't know becomes like an, it, like, I don't know what the right word is, but a part of the industry that's out there doing work and, and you enjoy their stuff and you get, you know, little fun articles to read and nuggets from, from those people. And yeah, it's, that's the best part. That's one of the best parts is just the, the community aspect. I, I, I feel the same way. I, I see some divisions. I don't know everybody in SFB, but I look forward to getting to know them. So talk, uh, I, I know one of your goals is to really perfect SFB as far as the scoring, the, the lineups, things like that. So I know every year you make some tweaks. We talked about that last year and I, I wasn't very happy last year with no you no with you Scott. <laughs> it, it almost ended our friendship, I think. Obviously, <laughs> uh, but we got through it. I somehow made the playoffs in a non PPR league. So talk talk to us about the changes you've made this year to uh, hopefully improve SFB and and the the balance. 
Yeah, that's I generally go for balance. Uh, Matt, you may not know this or remember this from last year, but I, I go for I try to make the most balanced scoring system possible. To, oh, I remember to create draft <laughs> chaos to right. to make to make things just uh, a draft can go any which way. You can employ any strategy. But last year, I uh, I took away PPR and I did only points per first down, which. Ryan did not like <laughs> because what it, what it, what it does is it kills wide receivers. It just kills them. It just murders their value. So I, w- I just wanted to get it out there as a viable scoring option for people to look at this year. I went back to s- just as balanced as I could make it. This, this uh, road of recently did an article about how balanced this scoring has been over the last five years. Basically it's six point passing touchdowns negative four for an interception, which a lot of people are surprised by wow. then negative two more. If that interception goes for a touchdown. So if you throw a touchdown and you throw a pick six, you got nothing. So it's, it's kind of a hammer at the quarterbacks there. Um, and then the biggest thing is you get half a point per first down and half a point per reception tight ends. However, get a full point per first down and a full point per reception. So it's, it's kind of bringing back wow. the receptions. It's kind of bringing in first downs. Cause I think first downs matter and they're important in the NFL and it's fun to watch a fourth and one and know your guys on the field <laughs> just adds a little extra for me. But more than that, this is a, this is a pretty balanced system. So that's why I like it. All right. Real quick question on that. Then how many first downs does an offense generally get in a game? Oh, Boy, do, that's, do, you have, do you have any idea? I'm just trying to think what percentage of them go to running backs versus receivers. That's that's actually inter- interesting because I have not looked at like the per game of it. I've looked at the you know what individual players have done, how mm-hmm. you know how your running backs can get up into the 80, 80 to one twenty range, and everyone's yeah for the year, and everyone's okay. while a tight end can go over a hundred. And uh, wide receivers tend to, you know, be a little behind that points per first down is something that generally very much helps the running back negated by, you know, the points per reception, which really helps the wide receivers. That's why it kind of balances out. But per game, I actually don't have that data that I should take a look at that. Scott, with the the first down scoring, I still think that uh, even though it was in SFB last year, I've, I've seen a few other leagues start to use that. It's, it's still pretty rare. I think that's very. fair to say. How sticky have those stats proven to be as far as year-to-year players that are getting first downs? I think we it seems like we would see some pretty high levels of, of repetition, I guess, at the running back position, but it seems like pass catchers would vary a bit. What Have you found anything on that? Uh, I, I really have not, but it does look like the overall amount stays similar. So, but the, the, uh, the top guys, you know, can change a little bit. I can, I can see that there'd be a little more variance. I can, I can tell you, I've seen people tweet about how it's uh, less predictable than receptions. So it must at least be less sticky than reception, predicting, projecting receptions on a wide receiver. So um, yeah, it's, it does make it a little harder to uh, draft for, that's definitely for sure. And the fact that it's not in game centers is, is definitely a point that hurts uh, its potential as an actual statistic people use in their leagues more often. So I'm thinking about this wide receiver thing for first down. So does that help a Jarvis Landry type Edelman? Oh, oh yeah. There yeah. it's, okay. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would equate it to like, you know, 
PPR for guys like Theo Riddick and Gio Bernard and stuff. I mean, there mm-hmm. are certain guys that just pop out more a little bit with first downs. Um, Gronk is is a, t- a first down machine. You know, he, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Exactly, Kelsey is as well. Like a a, a a decently high percentage of their receptions are first downs. Uh, so there are definitely guys that pop with uh, with that scoring system. That's for sure. All right, Scott, let's get back to a little more SFB talk uh, because now that you're full-time in the industry, you are an expert. I know you love getting that label, uh, and and obviously you're an expert when it comes to the Scott Fish Bowl, the settings, the, the scoring, all everything that goes into that. So what we really want to know is what your ideal first round might look like. Um, a, a couple of years ago, when SFB was, was really growing quickly. Uh, I know we had some conversations just that you were surprised to hear SFB talk on podcast, or you saw some SFB articles. And then what started happening was SFB mock drafts, people doing mocks specifically just to prepare and, and to get some ADP for the Scott fishbowl. I've got that in front of me for this, this current year. (laughs) We've got, uh, I think we're getting, I think we're over 20, SFB mocks, at least that I found. There, there might be That's even unreal. more out there. Wow. Uh, so I've got some ADP data. I don't know if you have that in front of you. I oh, hope, I do not. So. I hope you don't. Good, I good. Do this not. will be fun. <laughs> uh, and and I know in your draft, you actually have the first overall pick. I guess it pays to to run this. You get the your choice of anyone you like. So you're going to give away your strategy a little bit, but with the 101, you know, nobody can do anything. There, there's no trading in, in SFB. That would make things really crazy. So you've got the 101 pick. What are you going to do with it? Wow. <laughs> now, uh, see, I don't even know what I'm going to do with it yet. Like uh, I just took Ezekiel Elliott first in a different draft. I think he's going to get the ball a ton. So I was considering him, uh, but I think the safe play is probably Gurley, Bell, or Johnson. I, I think all four of those are going to be the top four picks in nearly every draft. I'm going to guess Gurley is number one on your ADP, but because I own him in so many leagues and because running backs see, never seem to repeat as the number one guy, uh, I think I might uh, I'll probably I'll probably end up going with Le'Veon Bell. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm not sure you can go wrong with with any of those running backs. Uh, and of course the, the season never goes like we think it will. Those, those four backs at the top, they're not going to finish at the top, but right now uh, it's hard to argue with any of those. I, I think, and we'll get to it here as we go through your picks. Um, I think the really interesting thing is where the quarterbacks are going to go because it is, it is a super flex league. So you always see uh, quarterbacks propped up uh, in that format. Uh, and they also get six points passing uh, for touchdowns, as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. But the negative four for interceptions is a big deal. The depth of the quarterback position in general could push some of those guys down. And, and then just the growth of the running back position that we've seen over the past couple of years. So mm-hmm. you're planning, you've got a couple hours to figure this out now, but you're planning as of right now to go Le'Veon Bell at the 101. Would you assume Gurley goes too in that in that? I would in that assume, situation. I would assume so. I, am I doing my order as if I had the second pick and I had the third pick? And right, you're doing yeah. your order. So this is a, okay. a one man mock draft. Okay, you've got the 101. You're taking 
you're taking Le'Veon Bell. Now, now put on a different hat. You've got the one All or right. two. Bell's, I like this. Bell is <laughs> off the board. This is the, this, this could be like a bit where I change outfits every couple of minutes and yeah uh, yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm taking the other guy, I was considering, and, and it's mostly because I just want those receptions. And I, I read an article recently that that said that the arguably one of the best the best ways to attack winning SFB is to try to try to be the guy that gets that two thousand yard back because of all the first downs they'll have and uh, all the receptions that they're going to have to get to get to two thousand. And I think David Johnson has a slightly better chance than Ezekiel Elliott to be that two thousand yard guy total two thousand yards. So I think I'm going to put on my David Johnson, uh, David Johnson for the number two. It's, I like that. I like it too. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm, uh, as far as what you mentioned about the article, you, you to win a nine hundred person league, you're going to have to uh, hit that take, guy. You're going to have to hit that guy. You're going to have to take some risk, and and maybe that means going with DJ over over Gurley. And you're right, Gurley is uh, at the top of the list in ADP, but. That doesn't always mean anything. Scott, along those lines, last year, did the top finishers pretty much all have Gurley? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of Gurley in that final. And and mainly, I mean, you could just take a look at his playoff run. I mean, he had a historic fantasy playoff run. So, yeah. There, and, and a few years ago when Priest Holmes had that week 14 and stuff, a lot of the finalists had Priest Holmes. I think there's, uh, I think there's actually some legitimacy to, uh, to the super stud back. Um, having that guy and making the final makes sense. Uh, so now you're sitting at the number three spot. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Le'Veon Bell is gone. On, David Johnson is gone. Jamal Charles. I meant Jamal Charles. Yeah. I was a little confused there. I'm like, that yeah. was a while ago, but yeah. Oh no, yeah. Jamal okay. Charles. It's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You could tell how old I am and how long I've been playing. <laughs> USA today. Chris Holmes was fun too though. Yeah, he was. You are now sitting at the 1.03. You've got the third pick. You probably expected Gurley to be gone at this point, but there he is. You yeah. can choose between Gurley, Zeke Elliott. You could go with a quarterback, uh, the first quarterback off the board. Antonio Brown is tempting. What direction are you going if you're in this spot and sitting with the third pick? I've waited too long. I'm now taking Gurley. I, I think that uh, – you know, he's just going to be on the field for so many snaps and he, and he does catch the ball and he caught the ball more as the season went on too. He ran a ton of routes too. It's something that people don't talk about how much, how many routes he ran, but uh, he, he gets the edge over Zeke for me just because I, I like him a little better as a pass catcher. Yeah, I would agree. And and I'm guessing that makes Zeke your fourth pick. Yep. Zeke will be my fourth pick. Uh, I'm man. Tavon to running back and how they plan to use him is I'm a little more concerned about it than I think other people are. Uh, I I think that could take away from Zeke's catching ability because Tavon, you know, the Rams never got it right with him and I don't know that Dallas will get it right either, but I think Dallas might try. So I, I think, I think Zeke is what he is and he's in for a huge year and I, I do love him. I just, uh, I just like him a little less than those other three. We're really splitting hairs here. Well, with with a grouping as t- as tight as these four running backs are, you have to look to things like potential role in the passing game to to find some difference, really. Right. Um, exactly. And and I think it's easy to make Zeke in a league where you you don't get any points for carries. 
uh, but you do get that PPR. I, I think that does make him the pretty obvious four pick uh, behind those three. One, one little note on Zeke is I think bringing up Austin is noteworthy, but I think you also have to look at the other side of the coin too and say, boy, they lost a lot of premium targets and the easy throws mm-hmm. to Witten. Yeah. And he was such a good receiver at Ohio State. I remember every scout report you read about the guy, good in protection, immediately can contribute in a receiving game. Yep, yep. But where I'm going with this is I don't trust Dallas to do it properly. I don't think they're a well-coached team. I, and, I mean, how well do you trust that offense to move the ball as well either? Right. I, yeah, it's, it's going to be a million yeah. guys in the box. Yeah, there's. I, I suppose you could say, say the same with uh, David Johnson and that mm-hmm. offensive line in Arizona. But uh, but I know they're going to throw to him. Exactly, exactly. So this is where things start to get interesting. Uh, we are at the 1.05. Scott now owns that pick. The four top running backs are off the board. Scott, if you're in this seat now, who are you taking? You know what? I kind of like this. I think we should do uh, my division of SFB catch 22 style. Uh, mm. Only instead of the first round of the rookie pick, I, rookie draft, I get the first round of, uh, of this entire draft. <laughs> I, I will take the first round of SFB and then I will skip my next 15 picks. That's fine. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think that would be fun to play out and see what happens. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I'll, I'll talk to my league mates. Um, I'm, I'm sure going to, yeah, I'm. I think this might be the first surprise off the board for you, Ryan. Okay, I'm going Alvin Kamara here. Is that a surprise? Uh, it it is a little bit. I I will say uh, again. I don't um, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, but I've got the seventh pick, and that is certainly somebody I would be considering at seven if he were to fall. Uh, so you're going to take him at five here. Seven's probably about his ADP, huh? Um, it actually is spot on his ADP. Yeah. Are him and Zeke about interchangeable with ADP or not Zeke? I'm sorry, Barkley. Yeah. They're, they're pretty close. Less than, less than one spot separates them. Hey, that would, that would be my one Oh six. So Scott, Matt mentioned, uh, the rookie Saquon Barkley there. He actually is ahead of Alvin Kamara in ADP. Is he a guy you would consider at six? He is the guy I would take at six in this in this specific one. I uh, I'm a big fan of getting that stud running back in the first round in this clearly <laughs> of this draft. I it and maybe that's some revisionist history off of how running backs you know helped teams last year and for the most part most of them stayed pretty healthy. I mean not David Johnson, but I mean <laughs> most of them stayed pretty healthy and and helpful. I, I think that uh, the drop off come you know, third round is, is pretty, pretty significant. So I want one in the first two rounds. And at this point I'm still taking a running back. So Saquon Barkley's my guy at six, but are you still taking a running back? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll go a little deeper here. So just to recap again, Scott's making each of these picks, the pick he would make in this situation in the Scott fish bowl uh, at one uh, Le'Veon Bell two David Johnson, three Todd Gurley, four Ezekiel Elliott, five Alvin Kamara, and six Saquon Barkley. So we're now in the back half of the first round, 1.07. We have six straight running backs. So uh, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham staring you in the face. Mm -hmm. Uh, The top quarterbacks obviously are all there to consider. And a couple other running backs of note. At 1.07, 
Six straight running backs have gone. Who are you taking? It's got to be Antonio Brown now. I, I can't I can't push that off anymore. I probably should have taken him over Barkley. I just that consistency is unreal. And I don't see it slowing down. I don't see the Pittsburgh offense being any worse than they were. I mean, I mean, I mean they're good. I'm saying they'll still be good. So uh, I, I got to stick with Brown. I, I don't think there's a lot, any really any question marks with him. He's nice, safe. His upside is wide receiver one because that's how he finishes like every year, it feels like. Uh, definitely Brown at seven. All right. So the first wide receiver comes off the board in the um... – at the 1.07 spot and no surprise that it is a B Matt, any, any Pittsburgh thoughts on Brown? I don't really have anything more to add on him. I mean, the thing that we've been talking about is he's on pace and, and a quickly to be considered the second best receiver who's ever played the game. You know, I mean, like it, when we do the Steeler shows, I mean, he's already passed Swan and Stallworth and Heinz Ward in Pittsburgh lore. Now it's like time to chase Jerry Rice. Yeah, and, and certainly have seen a lot of people who would already consider him the greatest receiver ever, uh, if not statistically, then just based on talent. All right, Scott, the 1.08 pick, six running backs, one receiver are gone. 1.08 is on the clock. Who are you taking? DeAndre Hopkins. That I have wavered between him and Brown being my number one wide receiver this year. At times I've said Hopkins, at times Brown and his consistency and just what he's done the last few years. I just, it, it just makes too much sense. Your brain tells you Brown, uh, your, your heart says, Oh man, Hopkins upside is just unreal. Especially if Watson, I mean, even if Watson regresses like 10%, it's still pretty dang good, you know? So uh, I got Hopkins there. I just, I can't pass on him. Who do you think gets more targets? Uh, wow. I might lean towards Hopkins. Yeah, I would lean Hopkins, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. 1.09. Again, this is a super flex league. We're eight picks in, no quarterbacks. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. 1.09, who are you taking, Scott? I am – this is actually pretty tough for me at this point because I think there's a little tiny gap after those yep. two wide receivers. I think I'm going to still stick at wide receiver and lean Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, we're talking a guy about a guy who's been take away the injury injury year, and he was, what, top, of top eight wide receiver each of the other three years. Uh, I don't I don't see that changing. Uh, even if you think Eli's lost some, I, I think that the other weapons they have in the Giants will keep Odell Beckham more open than he should be, you know, because they can't double everyone there. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to take Odell Beckham Jr. here. And his route running, it's tough to even cover him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Hard, hard to fault that for sure, even though I think the wide, the wide receiver position is still kind of, kind of discounted in this format a little bit. It uh, is. It's, it's brought down a little bit. But right. you do have to start three, which, you know, also aids to helps, – helps give some value to the wide receivers. You, you don't yeah. want to come out with a terrible one and then a mediocre two, and then a, just a trash three. Yeah. So you don't have two receivers in a flex. You have to start three. Yeah. You have to start three. Okay. That makes sense. A big deal. So your nine players so far are a, a slightly different order, but the same nine uh, okay. based on the ADP. So your nine matches the current nine, how they're being valued. 
1.10. Are you going to consider the first quarterback here? I don't know that I'm going to take a quarterback in the first round. Okay. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. That's, uh, I, I have trouble pulling that trigger. I know it's super flex, but I feel like quarterbacks are just deep enough that I can grab something, you know, second, third, fourth round. I'm going to make the first, the, I don't know if Kamara was a surprise, but I think this is going to be surprising because I guarantee his ADP is probably not first round. I'm going Dalvin Cook at number 10. Yeah, that would be my pick too. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely a homer pick for you, Scott. Shot clearly, <laughs> clearly. Uh, Cook is just slightly outside of the first round in ADP. He's 15th overall, but um, I mean, we're talking about percentage points in ADP between him and and the guys at the end of the first round. So uh, he's, he's definitely a guy that we could see in that later part of the first round, uh, another running back. So after Barkley, we go to three straight wide receivers and then we get cook at the running back position. Let's finish this thing out. One eleven. Who would you take? I think it's gotta be Melvin Gordon at this point. I think, I think that he has, a lot. I, I don't love his yards per carry, but I think he's going to be on the field constantly. Uh, he's going to be there in the goal lines. He's going to be c- catching the ball. I, I, I think it's got to be Gordon after after Cook. I just Cook. I think he has the really has the potential to be a fifteen hundred yard, seven to ten touchdown, fifty catch guy, and that's that's going to be huge in this. Yeah, nothing the Chargers did this this off season uh, would really scare me away from Gordon, and and then the injury to Hunter Henry would just just add to any opportunity that he might get. So, yeah, Gordon also sits outside of the first round, but just barely. He's 13 overall, uh, and, and he's a guy who is going to go around this range late first, early second round. And last pick, the 1.12. You're sitting there with the last pick in the first round. Lots of running backs off the board, three wide receivers off the board. You pretty much already told us you're not considering a quarterback here. You like the depth. So I'm assuming you're going back to running back. There's a couple that I like. Who are you yeah, gonna... I think I'm leaning Kareem Hunt for this last pick here. Uh, once again, can catch the ball. I know he's got a new quarterback, uh, a different offensive coordinator, but, I mean, there have been a lot of really good Andy Reid running backs. I know Spencer Ware is coming back. I, I know there are causes for concern, but of the options that I have left here, I, I think that's fair. And honestly, with the Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson thing here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to taking one of them on this corner, knowing my next pick is twenty-four picks away and six quarterbacks, seven quarterbacks, eight quarterbacks could go. Uh, but I'm going to take Kareem Hunt at the twelve here. But you wouldn't be tempted to take, let's say, at this corner, you wouldn't take Rodgers and Wilson. I don't think so. I, I've done that before in SFB, which is super flex, and it's never really panned out for me when I've done that. Yeah, so, I think running back would be pretty ugly at that three four turn. Exactly. I mean, you got you, you really do have to look at that. I, I think that some people are going to consider a tight end at this fir- first turn at, as well. With the uh, you know tight ends getting twice the amount of points for first downs and receptions, but uh, with the twelve, I'm st- I still want to get that running back. You're right; it'll look ugly in twenty four picks. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to ask you. Where with the the premium on tight end, and I know at one point you were considering just lumping the tight ends in with the wide receivers, but yeah, um, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you you went the way you did. That you are required to start uh, start a tight end, but there's a premium at that position. So 
guys like Kelsey and Gronk, do you see those those guys going in the second round with the the premium scoring? I uh, I feel like that's probably where they're going. I I would you know I pick first. I wouldn't be opposed to you know my league allowing you know, guys like that to make it to me at the second corner. But I feel like both of those guys are second rounders. I feel like Gronk and Kelsey are probably second rounders in this format. Yeah. I will, I will tell you based on ADP and we'll see uh, how much, how much weight that carries in, in, in a couple hours when these drafts kick off, but looking at ADP, Kelsey is the 24th overall player. So there's, Ooh. there's a chance you could go Le'Veon Bell, Travis Kelsey, and and then maybe a quarterback or another running back, Devontae Freeman, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, all in that range. Ooh, yeah, wow. I, I like I like the sound of three of those. That I will take it every day. So if we were to draw cards out of a hat and you got your choice of where you would pick in the first round, what spot would you take? Ooh. Uh probably about five. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I, I'm guaranteed. I might not get one of the top four backs. I mean, one might slide, but if I don't, Barkley or Kamara is a good consolation, and I'm, I got a much better second-round pick. I, I, I think that's probably where I'd want to draft. Especially in the late rounds, I like to pick in the middle of the round. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that seven spot, as I mentioned earlier, and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I do think a good chance, even though it didn't work out, Scott, in your one-man mock, I think there's a good chance that Barkley or Kamara – are there in, in the first round that, that long wait is so tough in SFB. I, I think I had the second pick last year. So it's nice to grab two of those targets, but the, the weight is, is so tough in this league. You have to reach see, so much. Yeah. yeah. When you see targets coming off the board. Yep. Absolutely. So Scott, you mentioned your plan for your first round pick Le'Veon Bell, although you've got some freedom to change I that. D- I do have some time. We, we won't lock you into that, but you've got a good choice among those four running backs. Only a couple uh, hours, though. You better yeah. figure it out quick. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so in the, in the second and third round, we, we talked a little bit about the quarterback position, that you like the depth. Do you feel like you've got to come out of that second turn with a quarterback? Yeah, I think okay. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think that it's going to be one of those where, I mean, it, it really Maybe depends two? on what – it really, I don't think I'll do two. Okay. It really depends on what the board shows me at that point. If, if Kelsey's there, I, I'm going to have a tough time not taking him. But I, I think that, uh, I think that I probably need to grab a quarterback because I'm assuming a couple will get, be gone, two, three, two or three will be gone. And then by my next turn, I have to imagine the main, the top 12 are gone. So I, right. I don't, I don't want to run into a super flex with quarterback 15 and quarterback 23, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I have I have seen some talk about some of these mocks and the ADP that the mocks have generated, and and the general feel is that quarterbacks are going lower than they actually will, and when the drafts kick off soon, I feel that too. But we'll just have to find out. In this ADP data, you didn't take a quarterback, but there is one quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in the first round. Uh, in the second round, we see Russell Wilson. And that's it. And then in the third round, it's Brady and Watson and Wentz and Cam Newton. So the the third round is when we kind of start to see him coming off the board. But in a super flex league, SFB or or any other, you'll often see teams start quarterback, quarterback. And yep. I think that's going to happen. Obviously, with 900 teams, it's going to happen several times. And, and we'll just see how that impacts the other teams in the league. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there could, can always be a run. There could be exactly. a exactly, you know. Yeah, someone someone does something like that and that could cause the run. Absolutely. So our good buddies at Harry's, I use their blades this morning on to shave. So, you know, we're talking about stuff I use every day here. And I've mentioned this before that, you know, back from my podcasting history many moons ago, Harry's was a sponsor and they hooked me right off the right off the bat. And I, I switched immediately and I have very sensitive skin, but it's not a problem at all because their 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 blades are so well made. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors is not an easy decision, but it should be. So they created a trial offer for you guys. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at an extremely fair price. Their founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew that a great shave came down the great blades. They made it with sharp, durable steel that lasts. They bought a factory in Germany that's been making some of the greatest blades in the world for over 95 years. And then by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers a blade at a price much lower than the leading brand. It's only $2 a blade as opposed to like four or five. So it's a no-brainer, and their blades are better. The quality guarantee, if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. So this is what you do. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Has a weighted, wonderful handle. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel that smells terrific. And a travel blade cover. So listeners to our show, they redeem this trial set by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the Dynasty Blueprint. Yeah, can I talk about Harry's razors for a second? Because I Please need to add do. on to this. I I only use Harry's razors now. Uh, it's the it's the only thing I use. And as you can see by my head here, I have found out through lots of years of trying many different razors that Harry's is like the single best for shaving your head that that in existence. It's unreal how good it is for shaving your head. So <laughs> I just wanted wow. to throw that I out didn't... there. If there's someone there out there that listens to this and they have a shaved head like me. Harry's razors is it's the best. As our fans know, I have done a lot of Harry's reads, but I have not been able to go down that alley. So I appreciate you throwing it in. Yeah. People, people need to know how good they are for shaved heads. I think you should try it, Matt. I'd pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what I'd find under there. All right, Scott, we can't let you go without a little bit of dynasty talk here. Um, you are well known as uh, as one of the top, maybe uh, well, the top commissioner in dynasty. And now that you've moved to to focusing on safe leagues and MFL tens, you're you're just rounding out that portfolio. Uh, but you've created some some crazy leagues, even beyond SFB, some very unique settings. Years ago, what even what even I guess pushed you to to try these leagues? Well, I mean, these were certainly not standard. We talked with we talked with Evan Silva on our last show about the cocoon and and ways that fantasy owners get stuck in the cocoon that he talks about so much. Well, you certainly are the um, the and example. The yeah, you, yeah, you've you've broken out of the cocoon. You started Devi leagues twenty years ago or something crazy, and 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 so many other things that you've tried in your leagues that have become standard in in many leagues so what pushed you to even try this instead of just doing the same thing that everybody else did man i don't know if it's just my mentality that i want to you know create new interesting exciting things or i just got as i mentioned before i started playing 
my first fantasy football league was 92 and it was a dynasty and maybe I just got bored after, you know, seven, eight, 10 years of, of playing that. I think most listeners probably haven't even been playing, you know, seven, eight, 10 years. So it's, it's uh, maybe I just got bored. I love commissioning. I love new rules. I, I can't say what the impotence was, the, what started it, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad that, you know, because I, because of it, things like bankroll leagues are happening everywhere. Multiple copy leagues are happening everywhere. Like the, I think uh, adding those things gets the creative juices flowing for other people to think of creative things. And, and we just, we just make a much more fun experience. And, and so I, I don't know what started it, but I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're glad to, we're glad you're here too. Let's, let's stick on this path. What are some of your favorite dynasty rules or settings? And these could be things that you came up with or just things you've seen in other leagues. And, and we could even say you wouldn't play in a dynasty league without these things. Ooh, wow. Well, I, th- I think, well, I can go as basic as saying, I don't know that I'm going to do too many more leagues that don't have auctions because I love auctions. I, I still have love for regular snake drafts as well, but I just, if I had the choice, I would choose auction, but that that's nothing big time. I, I, I think that I don't know that I'll play in anything that doesn't have a bankroll in dynasty being allowed to move that money, do what you want with it, make that money a trade asset. Uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, multiple copies. I, I mentioned just a few seconds ago. I don't know that I'm going to play in too many single copy leagues anymore because if I want Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. and the guy who has him refuses to give him, like he's a hardcore fan, I like being able to go to the other guy with the, the second copy of Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> and be able to make a deal. You know, so I, I think having leagues with 24 teams, a lot more trade partners, it's just more fun for me at this point. Um, Maybe I, there's nothing wrong with, you know, your regular normal leagues. I run a ton of them for safe leagues. It's just, after this many years, I just I just need stuff to keep fresh, keep me keep me excited. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we yeah. talked about this um, recently on the DLF Dynasty podcast that I had participated in my first multiple copy league, and uh, I think I might be hooked as well. And in fact, I was talking with someone else. They are in the middle of a ninety six team eight copy startup. <laughs> So there's eight copies of every single player. That that's just wild. I don't know. That wow. that probably is it like too much a, for me. Is it like the movie Multiplicity that the next one comes yeah. out a little bit different and <laughs> the one guy smears pizza on his face? Right. Yeah, yeah, it may be. <laughs> so Scott, let's let's finish up. Maybe maybe on a bad note. Let's go to the opposite end of that spectrum. Some dynasty rules you just can't stand. You would not play in a league if it had this rule, and you would suggest commissioners don't use this rule. Give us a couple of those. Can can this go for everything? Because any kind of league, because there are so many things like waiver wire order over fab. I I hate that. I hate positional limits. Uh, I hate transaction fees. I think it limits, you know, trading and waiver wires. Week 17 championships, obviously, are just the dumbest thing ever. Veto voting, never. Um, I do not want to play in any league with it sets your playoffs and, there's like if the sixth place for playoffs has to be top points or something, some 
scenario of that. When it's all head to head, I just hate that. I was I was on Twitter ranting about one earlier today, but I, I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get that fiery on this show. Because <laughs> some some people play in it and they're okay with it. I'm very against it, but you know what are you gonna do? I absolutely think the top top points should get a good chunk of money no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah. That I was the best owner. I I love I love leagues that have non-standard payouts. You know, that's 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 a beautiful thing. That that goes back in the love category. Payouts more than just to the first two or three. Uh payouts for different things. Also, if I'm playing in a league there's got to be a charity component. I I say on virtually every show if you throw one of your entry fees to charity, you're not going to notice it and you're doing a good thing. You're, you're, you're really helping out. I, I think that's something that more leagues should do. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think that's of all the great work you do in fantasy and you brought us Devin, you brought us multiple copies in bankroll leagues and all these things we love. The charity work that you do is clearly the best, uh, the best thing you do for this industry. And, and we love you for it. So, <laughs> Everybody knows where to find you. Normally I ask our guest to share that. Everybody can follow you at scottfish24 on Twitter. Um, so instead, let's go out with telling us just a little bit more about Fantasy Cares and how people can support you and support kids who need it in that way. Sure. Fantasycares.net. I believe we've raised, well, I think it's over $22,000 this year already, Wow, which is just it's just unreal. Uh, Ryan did some shopping last year for it. I think he took a couple grand and went and bought a bunch of toys with his kids to donate. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, there's a donate button right on there. Currently, right now, I'm running some SFB satellites. You can win your way into SFB nine next year, so you can you can sign up for those. I'm gonna have more stuff on there over the course of the summer. Fun, different, unique. Uh, best ball type leagues that you can play in uh, and donate to charity and just, just have fun. Fantasycares.net. Yeah, definitely check that out. So you can just straight up don't make a donation to fantasy cares, which I would encourage you to do, or you can donate and that serves as somewhat of a, of a league entry fee and you can uh, play in a satellite or other types of leagues that Scott offers. And again, we definitely suggest you do that. Scott, thanks for taking some time out to join us on such a busy day. Every day is a busy day for you. <laughs> but today, today's a big one. Uh, we're all looking forward to SFB kicking off here soon. And, and again, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. This is, this, this is awesome. I love coming on this show every year. It's a blast. Yep. We'll, we'll see you next year at the same time, Scott. <laughs> nice. And we'll see everybody else next week. We'll be back with more Dynasty Blueprint.